Their roles are as diverse as the shows they perform in. While you may also recognize them from their TV or film work, these stage actors are some of the hardest working and busiest in the theater today. Hello, I'm Ted Chapin, chairman of the American Theater Wing, and joining us are Coleman Domingo, all the Elizabeth Marvel, Michelle Pauk, Daphne Rubin-Vega, and David Zayas. Welcome, everybody. Um, I wanted to start by saying that as working actors, I assume you do jobs for a lot of different reasons, but certain jobs bring with them a kind of passion for what the job is. And I wanted to ask Coleman, since the, Sun the Scottsboro Boys mm. is a show that you were with from the very beginning, yeah. yes? Yeah. And um, it's sort of a heartbreak because it opened this season, got a lot of extremely good feedback, but just couldn't find an audience. What was that like? It was heartbreaking that it didn't find the audience that I think it truly deserves. It really is, I think, the kind of theater that I'm sure that most uh, theater professionals and audience members would all say, this is the kind of the theater that we, why we do theater. Um, because it really does, it really did um, challenge people and shake people to their core and, um, and move you. I'm honestly, I think as an artist, I, you know, I've been a performer for 18 years, and this is probably one of the most significant pieces of art that I've been a part of. Truly the thing that I feel like that, that changed me, you know, like I went in one way and I came out a, a whole other way, you know, because it, it had to. It, 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 it demanded you to step up and also not just be an artist, but to be an activist and to really believe in the art, truly believe in it, uh, that you've been creating because it was so um, provocative and challenging. Well, when the first call came and, and, and you were told that this was gonna have a minstrel show as part of the, the concept, that must have given you pause? You, you know, actually, you know, Sam, I'm crazy. If, you know, well, I, <laughs> because, you know, I mean, I mean, if you know anything about me, I, like in the last few years, I've played nothing but crazy characters, like Passing Stranger, you know, I played a crazy German performance artist. Right. You know, it's like, you know, so I'm used to playing, you know, uh, pretty, um, uh, you know, characters <laughs> on the fringe. <laughs> you, you know, so uh, I was excited by it, actually, because I, I, the people that were behind it, I thought, wow, these are some super intelligent giants of the theater. Uh, let me see what, what they're trying to mine out of this. And uh, so I was excited when I read it and I, I saw the passion behind it and uh, the point of it and why it had to be uh, this racially charged incident had to be uh, set up against this racially charged uh, form of entertainment. Yeah. It was exciting, actually, yeah. for us to all to examine this, to examine our, our history mm -hmm. as Americans and to really look at ourselves and look at our history in this provocative way. And I think what other way to do it with a, a provocative piece of yeah. art? And I thought it was very cool. So I was excited. Yeah. yeah. Any, any other characters on the edge that any of you played that uh, that you have a certain specific fondness for? <laughs> any crazy? Why does everybody look at David? Everyone. 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 Apparently, uh, many times. <laughs> 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 but the one thing good about doing it in the theater is that you know you're not being edited. You know, you're, just, you're, you're not in yeah. the editing room saying, "Okay, this is uh, this is his sinister look. This is what yeah. he's going to say." You're in the theater. You're creating a uh, character that that you're creating, and you have control over that. And uh, so it's always interesting. I mean, I mean. Oh, regular characters now are kind of boring, but you know, but what it's not. <laughs> there I is no regular character. Anyway. I don't know what that is. There's always, I always try to find something unique, something um, unpopular about the character <laughs> that kind of yeah. drives me to try and make it human. And so that's always an interesting concept to me. Elizabeth and Michelle, you're both in off-Broadway shows that have gotten extremely well, well re reviewed. First of all, congratulations. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's got a little bit to do with me and a lot to do with a lot of other people. But how did it come about? Was it just a phone call or did you audition? Uh, no, I neither. I, I did a reading of the play with uh, some folks up at Lincoln Center um, while I was doing another play, which I try not to do uh, ever readings anymore. <laughs> but I did do this one because uh, it interested me. And then they asked me if I would want to do it. That's how it happened. Why no readings? Um, well, because I've done them forever, and I, uh, I don't really have that kind of time anymore. Um, I'm glad I did them, and I think it's uh, a younger person's uh, responsibility. Honestly, now I'm a mom, and so if I'm not doing my job, I'm doing that job, which is uh, extremely demanding. If not more so, I like to say, when I come to work, that's where I go to rest. That's the easy part of my day, because right. I get to sit That's down, true. you know? And I, all I have to do is think about myself while I'm at the theater. It's very simple. I'm still stuck on, on you saying, like, the, because for me, readings are like where you come in and watch something, like, get born. Uh-huh, And, and uh -huh. know how, well, not know, never, never know, but um, watch something get born. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know. I, I find coming in at something that's like after a reading, that's when somebody's fallen off <laughs> or you have to audition or I mean, you know, I mean, there are the offers and stuff like that. But when, when, you, when you come in at a reading, you watch a, a collaborative, I don't know. No, I, I hear you, and I think you're absolutely right, and I'm so... It's a great luxury to say that. It I is. Mean, it's I wish a, I were it, you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just find, you know, because like you guys, we're always working, and so on our one precious day off, or those few hours during the day before you go into that complete immersion zone that precedes going to the theater where you begin to prepare for the performance, uh -huh as we all do and the preoccupation starts and the you know the playing out of the show begins <coughs> in our minds um, that's very precious time for me if nothing else to cook do the laundry clean the apartment you know mm -hmm. I just I just can't volunteer much anymore mm -hmm. I just uh, if I'm volunteering it's at my kids public school right. you know so it's not out of lack of love of readings it's just I, you know, like a lot of us at this table, I think we've been those go-to people mm -hmm. that'll show up for a we'll lot of those theaters for, yes. for free, free. Yeah. with yes. no childcare. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know what yes. I'm saying? It costs money to do yeah. reading. It costs what you're paying yeah. to well, do something. Sometimes they're not only one-day events, it's a 29-hour right. reading. That's right, for $50 or you know, a Metro card. Babysitter every Bless day, their which, you know. For example, and I hear what you're saying, but like, um, it is. It's, it takes a lot of time yeah, it's off. It's tricky. But like, for example, Lab and Theater Company um, has this uh, event called the Bar Series, which we do tons of readings for an audience, and we, we get it's a packed house because they get in for free because everybody's is doing awesome. it for free. Awesome. Which is awesome. But under that structured <laughs> way, under that structured environment, uh, I enjoy doing the readings. I, doing readings separately uh, sometimes, you're right, can take a lot of time valuable time that you have to just you know right. deal with your life with but mm. under the, uh, the one thing about Lamb and Theater Company they have that structure of the bond series which really brings in 
a lot of really, really good plays that not only are done for Loudoun Theater Company, but other theater companies come in and see it. And if we're not doing it, you know, other theater companies uh, are interested. <coughs> and uh, with that, I, I'm excited with doing that at least once a year. And I know that's an allotted time that I can put to be a part of. I want to talk a little bit about Labyrinth Theater Company since, 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 since you talked about it. You've been a member since the very beginning, yes? Since the very beginning, And yes. how did it start? What's the idea behind it? Well, I believe it was um, uh, John Ortiz, Paul Calderon, Gary Perez, um, David Devinger. They were all doing this, um, I think it was uh, the New Jersey uh, Playwrights Theater of New Jersey. And they got together on the bus on the way over there. <laughs> they were saying, you know, we should get together. Uh, at first, it started as a Latino-based company. Uh, we should get together, have, uh, without put it, just getting together and, and working as actors and trying to create some kind of, uh, you know, camaraderie, some kind of bond that we can create, especially for Latino artists. Uh, and do, and do what and we want to do. We do what we want to do. At that time, <coughs> there was a Death and the Maiden was on Broadway. And, you know, it was Gene Hackman, Richard Dreyfuss, Glenn Close, fantastic actors. And there was a question brought out in the New York Times, I believe it was, that why aren't any of the, of the cast Latino, because they're all Latino uh, characters. And the response was, well, we, there are really no Latino actors on, on, <gasps> on, in theater these days. So in reading that, they all got together. They were like, no, we're going to find them and get together. <laughs> and when we started, we, uh, we got, they held auditions, and, and they picked about you know, 13, 15 of us, and we started working out. And we realized that we did not want to uh, create an environment where we're separate from the theater community, where it's going to be us. In we said, let's open it up and let's have just people that kind of think like us, have the same vibe as us, regardless of what ethnicity they are. And uh, we created uh, the Lab and theater, Com the theater Company. And it took about a year, and we started uh, doing plays. And I mean, 90% of the plays I've been in has been through the Lab and Theater Company. It's important when actors realize that th there's a power that you guys have that sometimes th the business doesn't seem to indicate you have it. So uh, the idea of actually banding together and doing something that, that, that obviously you did it because you had a, a good idea, and look what's happened. I mean, Labyrinth is one of the most well-known theater companies these days. Well, also, that, that we write stuff for mm -hmm. ourselves and yeah. for each other, I mean, for the, for the world, but we represent, um, because out there it's not that easy. They might, you know, we're still in this process of, like, we want to be all-inclusive and open-ended, but, you know, we really do need white people to sell the show. Right. I mean, that's really <laughs> what's going on. And and that's and and so we're just you know I always say like the other brick in the wall that you know challenges that. And Coleman, you you wrote your own show at one point. And yeah. Performed it. Yeah, it was last season uh, at the Vineyard Theater. Actually, I wrote a show called A Boy and a Soul, and it's a solo show. It's actually going to have another life at the, the Intamon Theater next year, which oh, is cool. actually Great. the end of this year. Well, thank you, thank you. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so I wrote a show. It's about you know because once again I you know I thought it was a story that wasn't being told. It was a a story about an inner city guy dealing with um, coping with illnesses of his parents um, and he's you know, revisiting his home, his childhood home in West Philadelphia. Um, and just, um, it's all about the c his connection with soul music and how that connection is with his family. So, you know, the soundtracks of all of our lives, all that stuff, but, it, <laughs> but also it's a, a, a love story. It's a love story about inner city West Philadelphia and the characters that I grew up with. And it's not about, you know, it's not about thug and gang banging and you know, crackheads, yeah. anything like that. It's about love, and it's about a family, and I think uh, dealing with just issues of, um, of uh, a neighborhood changing, of uh, growing older, 
uh, of becoming what I believe coming stepping truly into manhood when you're putting your parents on the ground. Mm. And, and so, um, yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's a love story. And it's also about the music that we were um, raised with. And uh, hopefully it'll have another life in New York again, maybe by the next year or so. And it's the show that you created for yourself so you can put it in the suitcase and take it anywhere oh, you want. Oh, yeah, of course. No, 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 no. But, but I created, you know, once again, I created it. Once again, I created it just, um, it was just as an exercise. I was creating something because I thought, um, what can I do? This one I was bartending at the 55 bar in the West Village. You know, and I was writing this in like 2005 when I was dealing with all this stuff. And I was just creating it because I needed to do something when I wasn't working. I, you know, between 1 and 4 o'clock in the morning when the bar was empty, I would sit there and I, I would write. Because I was like, I need to create something, you know, um, that I'd like to see, that I think um, should be a part of, you know, um, the stories that we see. Hopefully it's something that, you know, we can see in commercial theater. Um, so, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm wor working on a new play right now, too, that actually I just got to got accepted into Sundance, which hey. is a couple oh, of yeah, yeah. So I'm going to get some development with it, so I'm very excited. It's called Wild with Happy, and it's about death in Disney World. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> death and or death, death in? Death and. Yeah. <laughs> Careful of the mouse. The mouse can be very careful. It's so inspiring, though, to hear that, because I, I started mm -hmm. teaching um, this fall, and um, you know, these kids are coming out and they're about to cross, the, I'm in Staten Island at Wagner College and, and they're about to cross the river over here to Manhattan and I can't, I can't stress enough the idea that if it's not out there for you somewhere, create your own opportunities. Yeah. Tell your story, get out there, even if it's yeah. sitting in your living room and yeah. reading a play yeah. or singing at a bar, whatever yeah. it is, you know, just don't sit back and wait for the stuff to come to you. Mm -hmm. It, just, it doesn't work. Doesn't. It doesn't. It just won't. I always tell my students, too, I, I teach at the O'Neill as well, and I would always, the last thing that I always leave my students with is no one can tell you not to create. Mm. That's the one. We have a luxury and a liberty. You, you can yeah. create anywhere you are. And, and there's no wrong way to do exactly, it. Exactly, right? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. Really no, no rules. No rules. But if you do look outside, if you're waiting for someone to tell you or ask you, it will not happen. <laughs> yes. I mean, no, whenever a young right. actor that's comes right. to me and is like, should I? I'm like, well, if you're asking me, <laughs> yes. you shouldn't. Bless your yeah. heart, but you shouldn't. Yeah. You must only. Yeah. You have to own it, right? You must. You do must. It. There's no other yes. option. Right. Mm -hmm. right, right, right. If there is another option, you should take you it. Should take yeah. it. You Absolutely. should take it. Absolutely. Yeah. This is just too My hard. My God, I wish there was another oh. option. It's going to be a little easier, right? Exactly. I was a patrolman, I was a cop in New York City. Uh, in the early 90s, I used to carry... When, when you were five? Although that doesn't sound any easier, I have to say. <laughs> when, uh, when, whenever I used to have this big, big shirt, and I leave in the back seat of the patrol car, and I used to get calls, that you have an audition, I know you can't make it because you're working. I said, no, 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 no. Oh, I got my shirt. I got my shirt. And my partner Let me put my like, siren on. Really, you want to? I said, I'm going to put my shirt over my... Yeah. And I'd go in, and so if there's a will, there's a way. You find a way to do it, and... Uh, oh, that's <laughs> so like, great. So, so being a cop doesn't sound like the normal way to start being an actor. No, no, it wasn't. I, I mean, I was married young. I had two kids. I needed a job, and I just got out the service, and... and uh, the police department called me and I, I went in and then about I didn't I wasn't even thinking about acting it was all in the back of my mind <laughs> it was like if you can do something else do it I was doing something else until they just kept creeping up on me and I said you know I have to I have to make I have to make a choice here and I just I did both for a long time until I couldn't do it anymore I bartended for like a thousand years and I remember especially when I first moved here in New York and I remember it was so humbling, you know, because you take these jobs. I was doing this job, my first job at uh, MCC, uh, called Bright Ideas, directed by John Landau. 
And it was this really cool, beautiful show, very interesting, funny, funny. And you know, on a Tuesday night, usually, and people would wonder what the life of, of an actor was in New York, I would take my bow, really, thunderous applause, wearing you know, these expensive costumes, et cetera, et cetera, and I would hop a cab and I would run so I wouldn't miss my shift uh, at, at uh, the 55 bar, so I can you know, make my, because there was no way I could survive. And I still wondered. I'm like, how do people survive? I still wonder. Mm -hmm. How can you yeah, survive sometimes with these off some these off Broadway wages? I'm like, oh my, how how do you do that? Well, and I would tell you know, I'm like, well, I would go and bartend at night yeah. after you receive this applause and this this joy of the thing of your passion. And I would work till four in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, hi, what can I get you? you right. know, exactly, mm -hmm. and leave that totally behind. Yeah, you know. But but you have the passion. Yeah. And I was going to ask Elizabeth because I, I read in an interview there was one performance that you saw in, in London that made you like that galvanized you. Yes, I I went and saw this production of A Touch of the Poet, the Eugene O'Neill play with Vanessa Redgrave, mm -hmm. um, because tickets were cheap, cheaper than movies, and I didn't have a lot of money, and I was just bumming around London, and I was you know twenty, I guess, and uh, I was in the fourth row in a pretty small theater mm -hmm. and uh, I saw her she wasn't speaking she she was just standing there on stage and she sort of brushed her hair and it was like water it was like this whole 50 years just passed across her face with nothing it was just it was and I've used this metaphor before it was like watching Harry Houdini escape from a milk bottle there was it was a magic trick I, I was delighted <laughs> I was just so excited by this thing that had no real words I, I didn't know what it was but it became an obsession I became absolutely fascinated and I went back and saw her uh, and I just watched her not to say that the rest of the company wasn't beautiful but I, I became upset because she also just the way she would just rub her feet I, I it, it sounds ridiculous but um, mm -hmm. it was just she was magic practicing. yeah it was mm. magical and um, mm. and I had heard of Juilliard because I uh, I had a lot of friends who were musicians and it was a f the school I went to was a feeder school for musicians and uh, I knew there were no academics <laughs> and I didn't like school. <laughs> I did not like school. So, um, so I just auditioned. I didn't even prepare a Shakespeare piece. I was such a bozo when I did that audition. I have no idea what they were thinking. <laughs> let me into that school, but they did. And um, I, as I said, I knew nothing. So I, I was a real go-to gal at Juilliard. I liked it because it was sort of like you know, giant preschool. Mm -hmm. It was just. <laughs> 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 All day. <laughs> Spoken like you know? a mom. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. Isn't that how you describe it to your... It's true. Yeah, yeah. You just get to play. You just yeah. play. Mine's old enough to sort of you understand. Yeah. And I, I think it also served me very well at Juilliard because it can be a very uptight scene. And I just didn't go in there without it. I knew nothing. Right. I was total tabla rasa. So I, uh, I really liked it. I really liked it. And, and it's interesting because... Uh, Michael Langham, who was the head of the program, who was my mentor, uh, just died two days ago, oh, and I'm, I'm, it's a, it's a great loss uh, because his mind was like Milton. His, his understanding of Shakespeare was like breath. It was, it was astonishing, mm -hmm. and uh, I was forged on his anvil, as it were, mm -hmm. as an actor. He had a profound influence on me, and, uh, and I just wanted to bring him into the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Michelle, you, you went you went to a, to one of the country's more prestigious musical theater training programs, right? How was that? 1912. <laughs> 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 the talkies were <laughs> just <Yeah>, about. <laughs> they were round the corner. Yeah, any minute. You're now. a mom, remember? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but that's making me younger. But CCM yeah, is a serious program. Yeah, yes, yes. Did it train you for, for <laughs> did it train you properly? This is going to sound terrible because I actually think it was a really amazing program um, all the way across the board. And we were given freedom to really do whatever we wanted. Uh, for instance, if we didn't get cast in something, we created our own opportunity. And we wrote a live soap opera or whatever it was. You know, you could, you could do whatever you wanted. And we had support. But the greatest thing, I gotta be honest, that I got from that, and I think this was a gift, I don't know it was, if it was intentional, this is gonna sound terrible, <laughs> was that I learned how to save my ass. That doesn't sound oh. terrible. It's not, but it's a, <laughs> it was such a valuable thing to know how to do because they really left us alone. I mean, we were given kind of guidance and sort of structure and then left on our own. And so sometimes, you know, and you know, in the real world, you get thrown into something and you think, Hey, it's really pretty good. I'm okay. Yeah. Go ahead over there. I'll be over here in the corner. Right. <laughs> I'll be all right. You know, mm. I didn't panic about it. See, that's something Juilliard didn't do. It was mm. the exact opposite. Hands, hands, hands on everything. Ah, yeah, um, no. So you're suddenly like, Whoa. So Oh, good. So it's not a bad thing. I don't think oh, so. No, it's kind of self-protective. Yes, self-protective. In a way, and very nurturing yeah. and supportive, but also very freeing. Yeah. You know, so. Are you all singers? No. <laughs> I'm a reluctant singer. <clears throat> Somehow I've got roped into musicals and I have no training, <laughs> no experience in musicals whatsoever. <laughs> I really don't. I, really, I have no I idea. Love what, it. Like, I'm playing Billy Flynn right now in Chicago. I have no oh, idea. I love yeah, it. But I have no idea how that happened. Like, I have no idea. I, I have no. Because you Oh my no, gosh. I see. Oh, plus, you're such yes. a great but, actor. But, but you're going to no, be brilliant in that. Part. I'm one of those people who've always been like game. I'm like, you know, I used to be in the circus and stuff. I'm just like, Anything anybody wants you to do, like you want to like do, you know, climb on a high wire. Yeah, I'll do that. Let me try that. Fantastic. So I'm always game, and I'll always take in all the information about it. But then uh, I'm trying to actually develop some stronger, a stronger skill set to like really, to really sing. Usually I will learn something just for that show, and then I'm like, oh, okay, that was for that show. Mm -hmm. But now I'm just like, oh, I should learn that for to continue. Mm -hmm. You um, should write a Fox grant. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, you I'll write a grant. Yeah, so you can get money to to do that singing lessons that there, sounds well but not only that to do mm. that part of me okay. eight times a week i mean yeah. you you and that's on a you sing a few songs in there yeah. at least three or four yeah. you kind of have to learn how to do it otherwise yeah. you know because when you get sick yeah or you don't you're not 100 everyone. yeah i learned again i learned from yeah. everyone I learned especially you. you know Good music you. director and of course you know the the company and i really i've always you know i go into a room and i just ask lots of questions and i'm trying to figure out what everyone else is doing and how do you support that? What, how do you get that note out? How do you how do you do that? So I'm always asking those things. So it's interesting becoming a singer, a reluctant singer. Because I say reluctant because I had no intention of doing musicals ever. <laughs> I never. That, I just Me thought, either. I thought it was something really? that other, peop other, <laughs> other people, people did. did. Other people did that. They because they were trained and you know they knew how, they knew that stuff. And I feel like well I'm I'm an actor and I can hold a tune, but. Now I'm singing and dancing in musicals. There's a nice quote here from one of our panelists that says, you tr try to hit the notes and tell the truth. It's from an interview with you, Daphne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um. you know, I, I always wanted to keep music 
and and acting separate. Mm. It was like delegitimizing in my mind musical theater was kind of like a bastard stepchild mm -hmm. I wasn't really into it mm -hmm. um, and um, and then rent happened and I, I you know I don't want to say like you know I got this role on a dare once I started getting learning more about you know the show through readings that's why I always have these like fun the best my favorite things have been to, I've been in it since the beginning it mm. feels like mm. so um, that's why I called you on that girl yeah yeah but you're totally right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but the thing with with rent it was um, originally a rock opera based on La Boheme that's how it was being talked about so I thought well rock opera I like rock and roll opera my dad loved opera based on La Boheme this will really like be thrilling this will like put it on its ear and you know you learn from the, from people that are there, mm -hmm. and like your education and yours yes. and yours and yours. It's like when you're in it and you're asking questions and you're green. That's how you learn. Yeah. That's how you yeah. learn. You learn yes. from the world. The world mm -hmm. is where you learn, and yeah. and the desire to to learn. But I think part of your talent is because uh, I remember that time uh, we were actually uh, we were actually Stupid. doing a production <laughs> we, didn't we were know actually that. doing a production of <laughs> Death Watch John Janae's Death Watch for the Labyrinth That's right. and 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 Daphne was in it and I remember I I, I was producing it and she, and Daphne came up to me she goes I, yeah, there, I, there's this other project that I want to do that I think is really special and then she felt bad that she was leaving right and I was uh, like go go uh, do your thing and it was the workshop of rent. Yeah. It's a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since but I did ask. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Daphne, since I want to talk a little bit about creating roles. And since since you created the, the role in Rent, did you feel obviously now it's easy to look back on it and say it must have been an incredibly special, extraordinary experience. Did you feel that in the way did you did you feel its specialness or did it just yeah. seem like a gig? No, no, no. Mm. I felt its specialness. Even if none of what happened had happened, um, uh, it would have been special. And I remember the first workshop before the workshop that be became the thing thing. Um, <laughs> That's clear. Uh, no, I got that. The, the, there was a workshop prior to the workshop that went off onto Broadway. And, you know, I, as, as someone who was there, like, I just think, wow, Jonathan, if he had lived, um, everything would have been different. You know, like, that's, like, really saying nothing. Um, but... But you had absolutely no inkling that he was sick or anything. It was just like no, oh. no, no, no. It was one day to the next, one day to the next. Mm. We thought he had food poisoning. Actually, we were nope. like, "You should have eaten with us, dumbass." Right. But um, <laughs> but that that um, I knew that if that's where it began and ended, that that was one of the most amazing experiences in my life. Mm. In my life, and in my life, it was just talk about getting galvanized. It was. Those things are extremely rare. And did you know that then? I did. you were very young. That's I did know it. What that's a gift that is. That's to know why that we had the age. energy to do that crazy mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. eight times a week. Yeah, right. You know, it was crazy stuff mm -hmm. we did, like jumping on stuff and going Straddling backwards that and railing up there. And people like, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, it's nice. Well, I want to ask Michelle. You you had a, a, an experience of doing <coughs> a Stephen Sondheim Harold Prince show in which. Your role was written in at one step and then written out, right? Cut. <laughs> Not because of anything you did, but what was it like? I like to think it was because, you know, of course, no. I'll tell you, have you 
Having seen it in all its incarnations, I missed you when you were cut. Oh, but, but you did the good theater of the show Bounce. So Yeah. I, I love it. It was funny. We got to the Goodman to, to work on it out of town. And um, we had this um, press event before we'd started rehearsals, which I always find interesting. <laughs> That's when I'm going to learn the most about the play, I thought. And then so Steve talked about what he thought the play was and how he obtained the rights and what inspired him about the book. Um, story of the two brothers and the mother and then John Weidman who wrote the book talked about you know he came on board and he saw it was a socio-political story through over the time and then Hal Prince got on board and he's like where's the dames <laughs> <laughs> and so they wrote this character for me and I literally think that was sort of his thing ah I need some sex I <laughs> 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 love him so much and so I, I'm so lucky I was how grateful I was like a kid in a candy store. I mean it was like every Musical theater girl's dream to be in that room every day. Oh, yeah. It might have indicated that the collaborators weren't exactly seeing the same show, perhaps, <laughs> which occasionally does happen. Well, perhaps. <laughs> but I, I want to ask <laughs> I still don't care. <laughs> you were really good. Oh, thank you. And they gave you. your That's song to the gay kind. lover, I think, later in the, in the second incarnation. Yeah. <laughs> believe that one. When that happened. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> but David, I, I want to Gay lover, they kept it. I want to ask, what's it like being on a television show where basically your character is being written around you? Do, do, they, do they seek your input? Do you get scripts and we can look at it and say, that's not me? Uh, well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate in being in a show that from the first season, you know, because my, my character is not very prominent in the book, which is where a lot of these characters first, you know, st started with uh, Jim Manos, who wrote the pilot, and then when we did it. Um, I think that uh, as we, I mean, I'm, I'm, whether it's good or bad, I'm, I'm pretty specific, you know, uh, and that's helped <laughs> me and has hurt me in the past, but it's helped me mostly, and I think that voice helped uh, the writers really kind of write, you know, kind of the way I speak and kind of write maybe a little bit of my personality, so I think they've done an amazing job in, in just creating this character from their own imagination, from knowing me, hopefully and also and with my relationship with everyone else in the cast. And so uh, that, and that doesn't happen often. And so I, I was pretty fortunate in being in a show that uh, usually I, I have my imagination of where my character should go, and then I read the script and I go, no, this is much better. You know, and, and that doesn't happen right. all the time. Wow. Yeah. But I'm actually reading the script, okay, okay, forget about what I was thinking. This actually works for my character, and it's it's really good. So I'm pretty fortunate that that's still happening uh, with my character on the show. Oh, good. So I want to take a step in the direction of collaboration and talk about directors. I mean, I guess part of it is a reference to covering your butt, le learning about that. <laughs> um, but well, Elizabeth, you you <coughs> have an interesting you had an interesting collaboration with a Dutch director. Yes. Which I was fascinated to read about. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. About Ivo van yeah. Hova. Yeah. How did um, you meet him? How did I meet him? I met him, a lot of my career, you know, I, I love when people ask, as I'm, I, I imagine you all have fielded this question, like, how do you make your decisions in your career and shape your career? And it's mm -hmm. like, there, uh, there's no shaping. It's just a flying leap at the wall on a <laughs> daily basis, <laughs> you know? And a lot of my career has been other people's cast-offs, and I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> um, uh, I was... There was a production of um, Streetcar that Evo was coming, and uh, Cherry Jones was going to play Blanche, and 
she did something else and I got her cast offs. And so uh, I didn't know Evo, he didn't know me. Wow. We just sort of, I was told to learn the play because you must arrive off book first day. Um, right. And that's how I work now. I learned and continue to learn so much from this man and and his partner, Jan, who is the designer of all things, of the physical space, of the clothes, of the lights, all of it. Um, mm. They they have taught me, and I hope it's mutual. Um, so I showed up, and we began to work, uh, and we continue to work now. Uh, we just finished a collaboration, and. Um, I look forward to our next. Uh, he, what I realized um, working with him, it was a great liberation for me because up until working with Evo, I had a career built on what I could do. And after working with Evo, I have a career built on uh, learning about what I didn't know I could do. And that's what he gives me. When I go in the room, I have n none of the things that we find or anything that I had a plan about nothing ever ever but you're I off book. but I'm off book and I'm game for <coughs> and I will do mm. I that's if I have a strength as a performer <clears throat> and God knows I have many weaknesses but if I have a strength it's because I will say yes always I will always say yes because I don't know why you'd ever say no <laughs> unless it's going to cause you severe physical injury and I've sustained really <laughs> severe physical <laughs> injury so even at that point I don't say no um, because you don't know. How could you say no? Who's to say? It might panic, you know, to try. It doesn't mean that I say yes by repeating it always, if that's something a director is really pushing for. If I, if I disagree, I will, you know, state my argument and we'll take it from there. But, uh, but in, in the working, in the, you know, rehearsal period, I will try any, absolutely anything, anything, but doesn't, always. But doesn't that show an incredible trust I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think maybe, may maybe ultimately a trust of uh, the experience of being alive, you know, that there is, mm -hmm. what is there to be afraid of, really? I mean, you know, I, I don't want to live with shame. Mm -hmm. Not while I'm working, at least. Yeah. Not while I'm working. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be free of shame. And really, that's the only thing that can motivate fear. So. I remember seeing that production, um, not even knowing what I was about to see. Mm. Um, just saying, oh, I'm or knowing what happened yeah, right? when you okay. left. I'm going to see, see, see a production of a streetcar named Desire. Mm -hmm. I've seen several productions right. of a streetcar named Desire, and I saw that, and immediately, um, the first minute of the play, I was like, okay, I need to open my mind. <laughs> I need to not. Uh, Think about streetcar named desire the way I've always read it or the way I've always seen it. I have to open my mind, and in opening my mind, I think it was a new way of trusting. There's not only trust with you and the director; there's a trust with the audience. Absolutely, yeah. that goes. Absolutely, and I was just mesmerized, and it really captured a lot of qualities in that play and in those performances that I didn't see in other performances because of the way. It was directed. Yes, it was uh, eccentric. Yes, it was different. But it was so passionate and it was so mm -hmm. powerful. And um, yeah, God, cool. I mean, it was it just really amazing. Something that even as an actor, I would have gone, whoa, really? Um, <laughs> you want me to do it that way? Uh, but as an audience, and, and seeing it as an audience member, it opened me up also as an artist where, I, yeah, I don't say no that much. Mm -hmm. 
which sometimes is dangerous. <laughs> I, know, I, I say yes a lot, you know, and so it, it and that's the kind of production that it was. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, it was amazing. But you sound like an enlightened member of yes. the audience. Um, some of you have done plays like that or productions like that that are somewhat controversial. What's it like being up on stage? feeling not the warmth it's from empowering. the... It's <laughs> empowering. It's really empowering. Yeah. I'm so used to people fleeing that it's awkward <laughs> yes. now right. that they're all staying. And now they seem to like it. I, I, yeah. did, I did a play where they I take a nightstick. and stand. I take a nightstick and I bang it against the fence <coughs> and it's very powerful. And in one night I remember it was just in Jesus Hop the A Train and I hit this nightstick against the, the fence and it broke. And all I saw was a nightstick going towards an audience member. No. <laughs> and we look, and just then the audience member ducks, mm. it hits the seat, and when he comes up, he comes up like this. <laughs> <laughs> he was in it. He was so excited that he almost got killed. Oh my God. And so, I mean, that's the kind of, I mean, that and energy. Knew it was an illusion. And when I saw that, it got me even more. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because it is, it is, uh, it, it's something that I think audiences really forget. And it is a, a pact that we make as performers, that everyone in that room, I just saw Keith Jarrett perform at Carnegie Hall, and he actually left stage at one point. He was playing this unbelievable, because he improvises, everything is improvisation. And, uh, and some of it's classical, and some of it's, uh, uh, it's mind-blowing. You know, he played with Miles, he played with everybody, and he can play everything. And he was playing this very soft piece, and the coughing started, oh. as is happens when you get groups together, that it will become a room mm -hmm. of everyone will yeah. feel the need. And he put his head down, and he left stage for about 15 minutes, and he returned. And very calm, not angry at all, but he just explained, I was playing a soft piece, and to respect the integrity of the piece, my only choice was to play louder. Mm. And I wasn't going to do that to the music. And as a performer, I don't cough. I don't. I might need to, but I don't. Mm -hmm. So I need you to meet me with that concentration and mm -hmm. that focus. Wow. And we will have this experience wow. together. Yeah. Because what you do, if, when I'm on stage, I'm bat radar. I hear everything yes. sure. all yes. of you do. Yes. Every single thing. You go, ah, I hear it. I register it. Everything. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'm distracted. It's just that it's all part of the experience all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think audiences are that conscious yeah. of that. They really think that checking their Blackberry is no big thing. Right. Yeah. They think it's okay. Or opening up some chips. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just uh, rereading that Peter Brook book. Have you ever read that? The Empty Spaces? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Space, mm -hmm. excuse me. Um, which I hadn't read in years. I suppose I could now read it every year and get something new from it. Mm -hmm. But this last pass through, that's the large part what I took with the audience. You have a job to do when mm -hmm. you come in. That is your opportunity really. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that can um, differentiate between, you know, deadly theater and holy theater. Mm -hmm. And it's true. It's really true. The majority of people who come these days, do they, do they do they understand that, that that's the agreement that they're making? I feel like most people don't know that that's the agreement mm -hmm. that you're making. Mm -hmm. that well, these the are, yeah, the it's economics. alive right now. And your, your commitment is to be alive in this moment. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to be a part of this conversation. Because of the conditioning yeah. with yeah. the television yeah. and yeah. the computer yeah. and, yes. and all the screens that we carry with our toys. And, you know, yeah. there is this, this numbing that has... Absolutely. It but it's also on. this sort of passivity that, like, I... I can watch without being watched. Mm -hmm. That I'm not, it's not interactive. Yeah. Right. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's interesting because I am um, flabbergasted by by what you just said about what Keith Jarrett said. Mm -hmm. But I just uh, I I grew up. I used to be in a girl group mm -hmm. um, called Pajama Party, and we made records. And that was like one of the first things that like I could pay the rent performing. And we'd wear panty girdles and like pink lipstick and do like this. You know, and and we'd go to the to Queens and to the Bronx and we opened, you know, we played with Millie Vanilli and they were like all these screaming kids and, and I remember and and um and sometimes there were like shootouts. And, um, I think we probably crossed paths the Bronx, before right? we did. <laughs> yeah, you were walking your beat and and I learned something very early on, which is that like uh, my job is to do a show. It's not their job to entertain me. Mm -hmm. It's never the audience's job to make me feel comfortable. Right. I remember going out there and like the boys would be like, <gasps> and the and their girlfriends would be like, you know, like what do you have? Like what what? And and I remember <laughs> that part of my job, I felt description was to make people love me, mm -hmm. and. And that's not your job as the uh, as the observer. It's mm -hmm. all on me. So, like you know, now we're doing a show, and um, sometimes it's really quiet, and people are like, oh, "That audience sucks," and it's like, no, that's. Not. And then at the end, they stand up, or they, you know, or they, mm -hmm. they you know, sure. they're listening. They mm -hmm. are listening. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. but there's a difference. It's not like they're opening up their candy and they're like, oh, da -da 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 -da, you know, they're. They are listening. Oh, I, I completely I agree with that. Agree yeah. With that. yeah. I completely agree with that because <laughs> I think that that's, that's such an actor trap that if they don't laugh at yeah, something. Yeah, then, oh, uh, this is terrible. I no. completely agree. Like, yeah. Sometimes when you really take stuff in, you're absolutely. I don't laugh out loud. I, when I, even when I see really funny stuff, I, it's just not my response. Right. It's no measure of my. And, and when people do laugh mm -hmm. to, you know, it, they give each other permission to mm -hmm. be interactive, and sometimes that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But not every clan, you know, each mm -hmm. each audience is different. Yes. That's yeah. why we Definitely. love what we do, and we do it for a Metrocon. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you, do you, is there ever a temptation <coughs> when you do one performance in front of one audience and you think, wait a minute, I know that this works. I'm, what I'm doing works, and they're not getting it, so I should do it bigger, or I should no. do it. That's a, that's a trap, right? That's yeah. That's yeah. not, not, no. You can't. Well, and also, that's just repetition, which is yeah, yeah. different. Yeah. You know. Unless you're, you're sort of, um, I don't know, I think maybe, it's a strange thing, maybe I've been blessed to play some roles that, are, that you have to go out there and do, and you know you won't be um, um, so well received with love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you, 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 you're in their face. Yeah. You must, you know, like when I was in Passing Strange and I had to play this crazy performance artist who had to go downstage, downstage center, and I'm choking oh myself with a microphone cord. Mm -hmm. And I knew that's something that people were shocked and horrified. I'm not going to get like, I have to be in this place of telling this story right now. And it's not about getting. It's not about getting love. It's not about getting you no. know, anyone applauding. It's not about anyone. But it's like if I'm telling this story and I'm very clear about what I'm telling, I've done my job. That's right. And, you know, right. so I have to go out there with that sort of confidence. And I think roles like that have taught me to have a, a bit more confidence instead of um, absolutely going out there and just like you know raw. Needing, yeah, needing, needing the love yeah, and the, the, the acceptance of them. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm more used to an audience being silent these days. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. be silent or look confused or I've look crazy. I've had people cross. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. I've had people cross the street when I get out. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And at first I was like, 
I was hurt. Mm -hmm. I was like, right. I'm just really oh, people can't busted talk to you my butt. Yeah. Like, okay, but actually, no, they were cross. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. They didn't want. They were like anything to do with you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because something bringing up Evo, something that I've experienced too, that he's let me do is he's let me play these iconic roles like Blanche, but mm -hmm. the most. Um, anger I've received was Regina. People are still very angry, like when mm -hmm. I the wall and just just removing the southern accents mm -hmm. alone yeah. enraged people. It really, really in I had a lot of a lot of patrons of the workshop were very, very hostile about what I what we made of Regina because it is this American iconic mm -hmm. Betty Davis Southern Bell thing. Same with Blanche, this thing that uh, we decided to treat as a, as a new play instead. And, and um, that's a very interesting mm. experience when, when the audience, because I, I too have had, you know, n has not been receptive yeah. or been very disturbed, but to be actively angry at me <laughs> has been really Really interesting and ultimately very liberating. Exactly, and ultimately very liberating. And and I think, you know, as we all know at this table, the the bad guys, the strangers, the freaks, the fringes, um, are beautiful to play. There's yeah. great yeah. joy in that. Great. And I think that the gift in that as well is how it it really does uh, challenge you to, to even be more um, grounded and convicted and and so specifically in everything that you do. Mm. Be be because, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. Um, you're so challenged, you know, with uh, you know, like you may get anger or, you know, and they're attacking you not just as a, you know, the actor on stage, but as the creative artist, and the uh -huh. person who, who's created this and been a part of this experience. It's so true. And so, yeah, so it's like, okay, well I have to be even more Really find committed. Out, uh, committed and find out who I am. Truly and then and what you I say, you say, bless you. Yeah. Because yeah, right. Thank you. Thank 2011, you yeah. and yes. you're in rage. Yes. Yes. Your blood is boiling right yes. on. Yes, yeah, you are. Yes. By a theater piece. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Done our job. Yes. yes. Absolutely. I, I want to touch on, on directors because I'm fascinated by you, you, the, the, the collaboration that you talked about. I just wonder if anybody else. Had a formative experience with a director who did some, did for for you the kind of thing that Evo did did for you, or are you do you take care of yourself? Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I would have you Not know in that uh, way. Philip, most a lot of the plays that I've done in that way have been directed by Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I think uh, what what he translates as an actor he also brings as a director, and Absolutely. so it, it it really has raised my game of commitment of not looking at what we're talking about, not looking at myself, not about looking good, about being real and being truthful in a very strong and passionate way, you know. Um, and, and I think that that has helped me a lot as an artist. So I have to really, con um, you know, look at him as somebody that uh, has kind of, you know, uh, shaped me into how I approach the work um, without judgment, without thinking how I'm going to look in this, uh, in this role and just finding the truth and the passion in it because when, 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 when you're working with Philip, it, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not work. It's, kinda, it's life. <laughs> you know? So mm -hmm. it becomes kind of like it's, it's the most important thing at that moment and, and, uh, and, and that really is, is inspiring for me. Have you ever di directed him? Uh, no. No, I, I, I never have. Maybe I'd like to. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. That's part of the labyrinth of theater. Yeah. 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 Still a long way. Right. Labyrinth has a long way to go. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs>
Mm. Michelle, any, any? You know, it's funny. Uh, um, I mean, I've been really blessed to work with some amazing directors. Uh, I, 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 that's for me now, especially as I've gotten older, uh, we, we talked about it earlier, is it worth leaving my house? So I look at like that group of people in a room and I think, yeah, that's going to jazz me. I play tennis. If you play tennis and you play tennis with somebody who's better than you are, you play better. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I look ahead and go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be excited by that. But I look back at, I did this um, revival of Cabaret, like, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 12, something like that, years ago. And Sam Mendes had done a production of it in London, and then he came over, and he and Robbie Marshall kind of recreated it. And I was in this musical, and up until that point in my life, I guess, I sort of had a, um, a different idea about what musical theater could be. I didn't really get it. And that was such a gift, especially those actors, Natasha and Ronnie Rifkin and Dennis O'Hare and Alan Cumming. I mean, it was like one after another and it w every day. And I remember, still to this day, I'll be in a production of something and I'll remember things that Sam Mendes had said to me <laughs> 13 years ago and think, yeah. And at the time, I didn't have any idea what he was talking about. Yeah. He's like, don't oh, be afraid to take your day on stage with you. And I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And later well, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I saw that line in the interview with you. Take your, don't be afraid to take your day on stage with you. You are where you are. Yeah, start yeah, from where you absolutely. are. Absolutely. You yeah. are where you are. I mean, you have the structure of the play and everybody else, but... Don't be afraid to bring what it is mm. you got. It's Austin a, Pendleton a is a great one that way. Mm. He's a, he's great that way too. Yeah, really what a that was that was eye opening mm. for me. So so this this is going to sound like a dumb question, but I feel I feel I want, uh, are there parts that you long to play? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I get an answer? Uh, Josie Moonford and Miss Forgotten. Oh yeah. Ooh. Is it an Evo or is it a somebody else? Do you think? She's I up for grabs. No, I'm, I'm open. <laughs> open. <laughs> Oof. Any others? No, I've always wanted. Run love the that. language of David Mamet. Um, I've always been wanted. I've always wanted to be involved in one of those, like like Glengarry Glen Ross, or American Buffalo. Uh, it's just something that totally relates to me, you know. And, and so that's something that I would I would have loved to play. You know, I'd love to play in the future. It'll be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Only anything that. There's a, there's a, and it's just a character that I've, I've been offered to do like four different times and for some reason I'm never able to play it um, because of scheduling. I've always wanted to play Festy in Twelfth Night. Fantastic. Uh, ah. It's just a role that I think I deeply understand. <laughs> you know, so I, I really understand and so I'm looking for an opportunity in the future to play Festy. Yeah. I want to play Hamlet too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the MC in Cabaret. Yeah. Oof. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, these are all things I would love to go see. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's watching, <laughs> 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 them and them. Yeah. We have a whole <laughs> season. <laughs> We've got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Shakespeare. Exactly. Could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, they're out there. I, my mind is a blank. I mean, it really is Blanche. Mm -hmm. Oh, you'd be oh, great in that play. Um, you know, just, ooh, Gertrude. Um, Great. Be my Gertrude. I love having, I would be your Gertrude. There we go. Uh, Fantastic. Done. There we go. <laughs> wow, I got, I just got warm a second. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 that.
that I'm, I'm totally good for. This is a question that comes from an interview with, with, with one of you, and I, I thought it'd be an interesting question, which is how would you characterize your career as an actor? If one word comes to mind, it's explorative, because uh, I never get what I expect from a job. There's always something more interesting. So it's always, I'm always exploring, I'm always discovering new things about myself, about the art. And so, I mean, if, if there is a word that comes to my mind with that, it has to be that. Um, other than that, that's a very difficult question to answer. Mm. Someone once said to me that um, early on that like, um, the, it, it's a journey, it's like skiing. You mm. know, you go up and then you come down. Mm. The hill, and it's not like you know. It's it's a con it's a constant. You know, the 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 actual skiing is the experience, but but the whole life of it requires getting back up on the gondola yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and do, and the stuff that is not skiing. Yeah, or walking up the hill. Walking up the hill um, <laughs> for that moment, and I totally didn't know what they were talking about at the time. <laughs> um, I feel like yeah. yeah, discovery. You said the word discovery because. I mean, there is no, if, 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 there is no crystal ball, there is no plan, there is no A, you know, the only A game that there is is, you know, the moment when you're doing your job when the camera's on or when the lights are up. I mean, and the rest of it is. Yeah, and then theater is different every night. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. every night, it's, it's different. Mm -hmm. And the zeitgeist of all the other things that are going on. In well, and the most career. of us, you know, if not at this moment, you're actually making a paycheck. <laughs> but the rest <laughs> of us, you know, um, to be doing it for very little money, the sacrifice that you make to do something like that, I feel like there's not a second of it I want to waste. Not mm. a second of it I want to go by. I'm only going to get so many, and it's going to go. So, mm -hmm. God, you know, got to grab that. Mm-hmm. Nomadic, also, because we we're not yeah. like in the same family all the time. This yeah. is a finite experience. It's going to end. If it's a film, it's going to wrap. If it's a play, it's going to end. Even if it's an infinite run, do you know? And we're like, you know, little little gypsies. You have all these little families yeah. all over it's the true. Right? Yeah. all over the world, basically. But that big family's pretty small, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we sit here, and not we've met maybe one. one. Yeah. There are twelve of us. Right. It's true. Yeah. It feels that way, doesn't <laughs> it? It's interesting because you brought up something. It's a thought that I have, because it's every time I see Daphne. Uh, we, we have this experience. In 1996, I was uh, a regional theater actor, and I was, you know, in the Bay Area, and I was doing my first job at the Huntington Theater. And a friend of mine asked me to to go with him for the opening night of uh, the first national tour of Rent. And so I went there, and it was fantastic. And mm -hmm. it was, uh, it was, um, it was. I was in a dream. I was like, oh my gosh! And all these New York actors were coming up. The cast from Rent was coming. Oh my god! It was <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and um, you know, just looking at extended families, you never know where things will go. And so I was at, ended up at someone's hotel room, where and everyone had bottles <laughs> of champagne, <laughs> and the, everyone was, you know. And I was, and I was thinking about moving to New York in the future. And I was sitting on the floor with this uh, really beautiful, vivacious woman, uh, who I know played Mimi on Broadway. Ah, and yeah. and she and she says to me, I, you know, it, we had this conversation. It was very brief, but I said, you know, I, I definitely wa I want to move to New York someday. And and she looked at me and she she put her finger in her mouth and did this, and she put a cross on my <laughs> head, and she said, "You're blessed. You 
it'll happen. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and then he kissed me on the head. Yeah. And that was that for me. And I was 26. <laughs> what a gift that so, was. So, so it's amazing <laughs> you never know, you know, how, especially in this business, you know, like, you know, and all these little families you, you've grown <laughs> had. And this experience we had in Boston and one crazy night. And, uh, and now here we are sitting. Isn't it, it's just amazing. It is just amazing. The community, of, you know, the community um, that we have here, and it's kind of beautiful. Well, I, I, I think, um, I have to say, we have to wrap up now, but I think that you are, you are five inspiring people. Mm -hmm. And I felt honored to have sat here and had this conversation with you. Thank, Thank you so you much for doing it. Thank, Thank you. These programs are brought to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York in partnership with our friends at CUNY TV. On behalf of the American Theater Wing, I'm Ted Chapin, and thanks for joining us for another edition of Working in the Theater. I'm Ted Chapin, chairman of the American Theatre Wing. The Wing has played a vital role in New York's theatrical life for more than 60 years. Best known for creating the Tony Awards, we stand for excellence, but we also support education in the theatre, and our work reaches beyond Broadway in New York. The Working in the Theatre television programs, which are supported by the Annenberg Foundation and the Dorothy Strelson Foundation, are unequaled forums for discussions with today's most creative artists. Downstage Center's in-depth radio interviews were created in conjunction with XM Satellite Radio and can be heard on our website. For people who are starting their careers, we have a two-week boot camp for aspiring actors from colleges across the country called Springboard NYC. And our theater intern group provides a forum for young people who are starting their careers to build a professional network. All of the American Theater Wing's educational and media programs are available for free on demand from our website. AmericanTheaterWing.org. Thanks for your interest in the Wing, and thanks for watching.